your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are beautiful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Today's show, I sit down with none other than the P90X man himself, Tony Horton. This was a special interview for me because Tony Horton has been a mentor of mine for years, even before he knew it. He's someone that helped me get into the health and fitness space, inspired me to regain my health when I got sick back in 2010, 2011. And I've done more workouts with this man than perhaps any other human on the planet, even if we're talking about putting a DVD in the DVD player or my computer and doing it at the gym alongside him. As weird as that sounds, yes, it is pretty weird. (laughs) But Tony's had a huge impact on my life. He's made massive changes in my own health and my mindset. And he's one of the true innovators in the health space because he helped to make health and fitness fun again in an area where it can get stale and boring and taken way too seriously. Tony is a man that helps people find that youthful exuberance, joy, and passion that makes fitness a lifelong activity. Tony's an American personal trainer, author, and former actor. He's the creator of the wildly popular, best-selling Beachbody fitness series is P90X, P90X2, P90X3, 10-minute trainer, and most recently his 22-minute military-inspired workout, 22-minute hardcore. Tony's a world-class motivational speaker and the author of two best-selling books, Bring It and Crush It, and his latest motivational book, The Big Picture, 11 Laws That Will Change Your Life, which is sure to be a bestseller as well. He's also the creator of TH Care, a healthy, holistic line of hair and body wash, face and skin spray, and other cosmetics that I absolutely love and use every single day. I use his hair and body wash in the shower called Workout and his face and skin spray afterwards to keep the skin hydrated and moisturized. And that one is called Fitness. They both smell incredible. I get compliments on them all the time. So check those out. They're his TH Care line. And you can find out more about those at thcare.com. Tony and I had a blast on today's interview, and we got into some awesome content that he hasn't covered in any other interviews, so that was really exciting. We talk about the psychological differences between people that make health and fitness a lifelong activity and the people who lose a bunch of weight, take some pretty impressive after pictures, and then go right back to looking the same way they did before they started working out just a few months later. We discuss his favorite workouts, biohacks he's using to stay young, energetic, in his late 50s, and much, much more. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with the P90X man himself, Tony Horton. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. Let's take it back to pre-1999. Where's, what, what's life like for Tony Horton? Oh, oh, I was living in a van down by the river. <laughs> We're pretty close. I mean, I was living in a two-bedroom apartment, uh, uh, which I converted into a three-bedroom when the person in the studio next door moved out. So, um, 
you know, so I was living large in my three-bedroom apartment. But I was in this place for 21 and a half years. And, um, you know, early on in that process, I was waiting tables and I was a carpenter and I was a handyman. I was a go-go dancer and I would do like those uh, stripogram deals at, at, at birthday parties and, and uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. I'd show up as a cop or a carpenter or something. I mean, I had... I mean, I was a trained mime, and I had to go down to the Santa Monica Pier and do and do mime at the pier, and uh, go into UCLA. And yeah, you know, it was a bit of a struggle early on, like anybody else. And I came out to California to be an actor, and I, you know, I, I dabbled in comedy, and that neither one of those things went very well. I mean, you know, you get your occasional commercial or teeny part in a movie or something, but I was never a fitness guy. I was never an athlete. I was. You know, I was a wannabe athlete. I was a bad tennis player, a bad skier, a bad baseball player, a bad everything, you know. Uh, my father was a great athlete, but he didn't want to run me through the mill like his father did to him. You know, the whole process of getting fit and getting in shape and that whole thing was, was such a such a, sort of a, you know, uh, a headbanger for him, you know what I mean? He just, it just, uh, he didn't enjoy the process at all. So he just left me alone, which, you know, was, I was kind of hoping for a middle ground, but didn't get it. But what are you going to do? That's childhood, right? So, um uh, but I came out here, man, there were gyms in every corner, and I just uh, was like, wow, this is the only place I saw a gym before where it was at the high school or at the college on campus, but there were clubs, you know, where, where there were women, and I went, wow, okay, I'm going to sign up for this. Um, and I got really into it, man, I and mean, I didn't get into the diet thing right away. I mean, I was living on Dr. Peppers and double cheeseburgers with bacon and ham, you know, because um, I was a kid and I had no money, and so, you know, I would just eat at McDonald's in the morning. I tried to get up early enough so I could get a... Uh, couple of Egg McMuffins before 10.30 when they stopped serving them. But now they serve them all day long. But who cares because it's gross. Um, but, but uh, and so that was it, man. I was just in survival mode. But I was in California, so who cares? You know what I mean? Just living hand to mouth. I was 60, 60 grand in debt, you know, living from one credit card to another. And um, it was crazy, man. But, but uh, it was fun. Um, and then, I, you know, I had my first celebrity client, uh, Tom Petty. And uh, that was fun, you know what I mean? I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I knew how to lift weights, do some cardio, but I got him in the best shape of his life, and he went on tour, and he killed it, you know what I mean? He just killed it. And then it was Billy Idol and Bruce Springsteen and Annie Lennox from Eurythmics and uh, Stephen Stills from Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Sean Connery. And uh, yeah. Shirley MacLaine, who's like, you know, Hollywood royalty, part of the Rat Pack. So all of a sudden, I didn't have to do the carpentry or the mime or those other things, and I was just driving all over L.A., training folks, and I still wasn't certified. I didn't really know my hat, my hat from my elbow. You know what I mean? It's like lift weights, do some cardio, eat good, right? But I, but what I had was this sort of different personality about it. A, a lot of them would say that their old trainers were sort of these drill sergeants or these, you know, brain surgeon types that just made the whole process arduous and boring and horrible. Hey, by the way, the dry cleaning guy came, huh? And um, but uh, so. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, I met Carl Dykler, the CEO of Beachbody, and he wasn't the CEO of anything at that point. He was just a guy with an idea, and he said, hey, you know, you're a funny, quirky dude. Why don't, why don't we make some videos because you're not like everybody else? And we made something called Power 90, and I got my first royalty check, and I went, what the hell is that? You know, Tony, move away from there. Um, <laughs> so I got to move out of the apartment, and I, you know, I skipped a couple of homes, the size of homes. I got this pretty rocking plat pad, and uh, I just moved from there um, uh, five months ago, and I got a nicer rocking pad, and, and you know I have a place in Jackson Hole, and and I could retire now if I wanted to, I suppose, you know. But I just love the whole thing. Uh, I was uh, at Beachbody yesterday. I did an interview with the CNBC, and 
um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a channel. It's all about business and everything else. And so that was a lot of fun talking to them about the whole process of going from, you know, just broke, starving. I mean, I would live on Cheerios and yoga for three days. I'd go down to the pier, put the mime face on, you know, and, but whatever, you know, I mean, I was just an entertainer. And so what I was able to do was to take my entertaining persona and add that to the, to the fitness thing. And, and over the course of Many, many years, you know, I did a lot of studying. I figured, well, I better hone up on, on Pilates and yoga and proprioceptive stuff and post-activation potentiation and, and all the things that matter, you know, beyond just the strength and the cardio, really kind of get into the, the speed, balance, and range of motion and, 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 you know, really sort of cover the entire gamut of, of health and wellness. Not as much as you, though. Like, what the heck? Freak. <laughs> it's a beast. But, you know, how to deal with your biorhythms on Saturn. I don't even know how you do that. This book is so awesome, man. I mean, not, I mean, it's not about plugging you, but I, I just, you know, I've been skimming through it. I just got it. And uh, I'm going to run right out and buy all these things in here so I can be <laughs> a biohacker of the universe. I've got, I've got a long way to go till, till I've, I've got books on your level, which both of which I love and I like to talk about. Um, my last question about your about your past and history because it's it's really inspiring to me is I'm sure along the way you had people saying Tony it's the health and fitness thing isn't going to work out or you know the, the this and that's not going to work out how did you, what was the conversation you had with yourself that that empowered you to stay the course I just loved it you know I mean I figured out early on through one of my 455,000 personal development classes or books or seminars that I went to was that you know stop trying to think that you're going to find happiness through working with them with working for the man and it's 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 like rolling the dice you know at least if you're working for the man your bills get paid you know you get make sure that you know your life is at least you're going to survive right but i wanted to thrive i wanted to get beyond just survival man and so and so that's why i had a skill as a carpenter and i had a skill as a mime and you know i did my real retail jobs too where i was you know assistant manager at the oak tree men's store so i could get some really rocking uh um members only jackets at 50% off you know i mean i just i just did what i needed to do so that i could survive on this earth but you know Anytime I took on a real job, I lasted a week. I said, get me out of this box, man. There was no flipping away. And so, you know, when, when you're in your 20s and even 30s and all your friends are getting married and they've got these corporate gigs and they're having kids, it never dawned on me that I wanted to do that. And I also learned that failure is just wisdom, right? So it's not, it's not this horrible thing where you should feel sorry about yourself and call yourself a loser. That's not what it is at all. You know what I mean? And that's just from what a Deepak Chopra, Tony Robbins, Don Miguel Ruiz, whatever, you know, whatever collective group of, of gurus, you know, lifestyle gurus that I, you know, I'm in California, right? So there's no such thing. I mean, I used to read these Wayne Dyer books back in the 1970s, you know, looking out for number one, I think it was his first book ever. I think Wayne just passed away about a year ago, but you know, um, you know, I just really, I, I had to believe in this stuff. You know, I had to play Gary Zukoff. I got into his Derek, Gary Zukoff phase for a while, you know. Um, you know, and now I read books from John Rady, which is, which your more, books more about the physical, like how physical affects the mental and emotional and just your state of mind and your joy and happiness. And, and that's, for me, I figured, you know, I knew there were two things I could control. And I, that was whether I moved and what I put in my gob, right? So, and when I did those two things well, I felt better. I felt like I had more, more, a greater desire to sort of stick with it, you know? And, and, um, and, and when I, once I got into that 
that one-on-one training with celebrities, I could make a decent income so I could continue to pursue the acting, which at that time I didn't know was going to really help me be able to disseminate my health and wellness ideas uh, differently than other people. And then when the two things together, the acting career and the fitness thing kind of came together, and I was able to get on screen and be really comfortable in my own skin. I was very, I was very comfortable with my persona. You know what I mean? I, I you know, and, I, and it wasn't like I was doing a play where, you know, if I screwed up a line that, you know, the whole audience would know. I, I just felt very comfortable just pushing the edge of the envelope as much as I could and using humor as often as I could. And, um, and then I really, I really enjoyed changing the way people trained. Like if you look at P90X, that was just a, that was just a, you know, it was a big experiment. You know, muscle confusion, it's, you know, not, not that different than what Jack Lane was doing, uh, periodization training. It's a little different. But, you know, I, I love reinventing fitness because everybody knows that exercise sucks, right? So so it's, there's physical discomfort, and most people run from that, right? So how do we take this thing that is physically uncomfortable and make it remotely jo- enjoyable so that you stick with it over the course of eight weeks or three months? And that was my, you know, that was me and my fitness lair, you know, trying to make that happen. And, and, uh, and that process is what kept me in the game. You know what I mean? It's like, this is, I'm, I, I can be, you know, different here and I can, what can I do that's unique? And, um, and here it is 17 years later with, with Beachbody. I mean, you know, think of the people in our industry who have come and gone. I'm not going to name names. We know who they are. They were all over TV. See ya. You know what I mean? Because they're still doing this. We're in the same outfit with the same hairstyle. My hairstyle changes every Half an hour. It's summertime, man. I took a I took a clipper and I went. You know what I mean? I stopped caring about trying to maintain my image once I became famous. Fame is lame. That's the worst part about it. It's about really focusing on what you can do to help people, and then how can you be cutting edge? You know, how can like this is cutting edge. This is crazy, cutting edge stuff, man. You know what I mean? And it's just it's just cool that you you know you put the time and energy into something that I've never seen a book like that ever. I've never seen a book like that in my life. And it's just really cool. So, you know, takes one to know one, bro. <laughs> no, you're, you're a big inspiration to me, Tony. And, um, and, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be talking right now. I'm curious, how has your definition of fitness evolved over the past 20 oh, years? That's a great question. I've never had that. That's a great question, man. Um, back in the old days, it was, uh, it was build and burn. And it still is for a vast majority of people who are in this industry. It's build and burn. Guys want to get big. Girls want to get small. All right? And it's all about aesthetics and ego. It's all about tape measures and scales and images in the mirror and what other people say about us. That's where we have been, and that's where we still are. And, you know, it's sad. I mean, if you look at Beachbody, we sell products based on on our before and after pictures, right? And, um, you know, before I was overweight and miserable and I was pasty and I had a sad face, photo and then you have the you know the tan ripped completely shaven happy face guy and that's great and it sells it sells products and that's fine but I, I'm you know I used to go to the gym and I would do chest day okay and I'd be there an hour and a half and then I'd get on the stationary bike for 45 minutes and then I would do that again with back and I'd do that thing with legs and I'd do that thing with you know whatever arms I'd have arm go to the gym and do arms because it was all about aesthetics. It was all about walking down the beach and saying, hey, look at me. Forget about running from home plate to first base without both hamstrings ex- freaking exploding. You know what I mean? Because there was nothing functional about what I was doing. You know, there was, no, there was no speed work. There was no balance. There was no proprioception. You know, there was no post-activation potentiation. There was none of these things that I learned about later in life. You know, so when you get into your 
later 30s, 40s, and 50s, it's, okay, well, what do I need to do to maintain some level of youth? All right, so I have, to, I have to start training like an athlete. I have to start training like somebody who's trying to stay, you know, young. And it ain't build and burn, man. You know, it's not about, I don't give a crap what people say about me anymore. You know what I mean? It's like my skin is creping. I'm almost 60, but everything underneath looks pretty damn good. So I'm going to focus on my yoga and my Pilates and my slack line and all my stability ball stuff like push-ups on four med balls push-ups on two inverted uh, BOSU balls with my feet on a stability ball. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a royal dancer holding my dog. I, I don't care. I just, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm always looking for things that help me stay younger. And that's speed, balance, range of motion. Uh, explosive power, too, that as well. But, like, you know, if you look at my, my weekly schedule, it's so different than it used to be. I still have a chest and back day, but I have a chest and back day where I'm doing, you know, one chest back a day is all pull-ups and push-ups, maximum reps, just 24 sets. I did it yesterday, and I can barely hold this thing up. You know what I mean? And the other days, it's just weights, just old school lifting weights, but not super heavy. You know, sometimes I feel like I can do the heavy thing, but I'm almost 58, man. So I just, you know, I'll do sets of 22 reps just for all the way through 20, uh, 24 sets of 22 reps, chest and back on the bench, incline, bench, decline, whatever, lat pull downs, uh, lawn mowers, whatever, just to do it that way. And then the next one is all climbing ropes, pegboard, um, push-ups on any unstable surface. You, you know what I mean? And that's just, that variety forces my body to, to continue to learn and improve over the course of time. Boom. And then I do two types of plyometrics. Look, look at these legs, man. I don't lift. So I, I jump, I, you know, and, and plyometrics, plyometrics are tricky because people have back and knee issues as they get older. But I have a great physical therapist. I foam roll like crazy. Uh, I take my Epsom salt baths. You know what I mean? I just, I just follow the rules. You know what I mean? Uh, I had to have PRP and Synvisc in both my knees. You know what I mean? Because I've been jumping off of 20, 30-foot cliffs on skis. Eh. But, you know, you take science and you take, you know, nature and you combine the two and you're consistent and your purpose is right and you have your plan, and you get plenty of sleep and hydration, you know, all the things that you talk about and the things that you know. And if you actually do those things, and there's some stress management, which is in your book, which I freaking dig, uh, then, then you know, I don't know, on when I'm 109, I'm just going to start drinking whiskey and smoking a bunch of grass, I guess. But <laughs> that, George Burns? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Awesome. I mean, who knows? Like, I could get hit by a bus, or, 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 you know, Yellowstone National Park looks like it's about to blow, which will pretty much wipe out the earth so uh whatever you know you just you just gotta live in the moment enjoy the journey don't be attached to the outcome hang out with like-minded ass-kicking cool people you know what i mean and and that's where i am now you know before it was all about how do i look in front of my friends and and now it's just about you know training in such a way so that my you know i go to the track at ucla on sundays man i do that speed work people run and they jog and they get on the elliptical and they do whatever but that anaerobic stuff, we've, a lot of people get away from it because there's a lot of muscle recruitment there, man, and, and things can pop and go. But I'm working with, with Olympians, you know, I mean, I'm working with Olympic gold medal winners or, or bronze medal winners at UCLA, and it's 45 minutes of warm up and prep and stretch, and, and then we're running at 65 to 75%. We're not running at maximum speed. So, and we do that over the course of many, many months. 
and that prevents the hamstring blowouts and the Achilles issues and the plantar fasciitis and all the things that happen to people who just go to the track and try to run fast, you know. So it, there's an edge. I'm always learning. I love being humble. I've been going to box and burn, you know. I never because I'm and I suck. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I can fake it in a, in a workout, but to actually go to a real boxing class, you know, it's it's fun to be humbled. It's fun to be terrible. It's fun to be bad because that means you have a you have a starting line, yay, and you get to learn. But most people want to stop learning after high school and college. They think they got all the answers, and they can't figure out why they're miserable sons of bitches. You know, so duh. You know, what I mean, the, that's what it's all about, and so. I hope that answers your question. You know, before it does, it was all about it lifting and cardio, and now it's about functional fitness and staying young. Yeah, one of one of your workouts that it, it's one of my favorite all time workouts is the uh, the thirty fifteen, where it's like different variations of thirty push ups and fifteen pull ups, and that thing is like it's, it's just for an hour, and the pump afterwards is unlike anything with weights, and it's just you're just grabbing a bar, doing different different variations of levers and chins and and wides and, uh, and pull-ups. I, I absolutely love that workout. That's the one I did yesterday. It is. All right, did, awesome. Yesterday I did 31-16 just for <laughs> – there was a one point before my shoulder got a little funky uh, that I, my best ever in that workout, 24 sets, 12 each, right, 12 push, sets of push-ups, different ones, and then 12 sets of pull-ups. Uh, I did 40-20, so 40 push-ups and 20 pull-ups. All the way through. And then yesterday, you know, I'm getting back again because my shoulder been doing great rehab and foam rolling and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take 16 pull-ups and 31 push-ups. That's, that's pretty impressive. And you were 57 years young? 57. I'll be 58 July, July 2nd. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what was the track workout you did most recently? Um, God, it changes every week. You know, you never know. They, they just completely throw uh, Tasha Danvers is down there. Malachi Davis is another one. And uh, Krishna, I don't know Krishna's last name. But uh, Krishna is trying to run the uh, run 400 meters in, uh, in Rio. So um, tip, typically there's like a half-mile warm-up around the track, just super mellow, talking to your buddies, just kind of heating up, right? And then you do a series of ballistic stretches, you know what I mean? For your hips, for your backs, for your knees, for your hamstrings. You know, there's a, a series of that. And then we do a lot of, we do a lot of, do some static after that. If we're pretty warmed up, some bait, you know, uh, whatever. I can tell you what they are. But, you know, bent over hamstring stretches, quad pulls. And then we do these things called cycles. So you'll, you'll high knee a step for you know, like a six count. You know, you're just kind of running in place. And then you'll do a hamstring thing six times and then you do a quad thing six times and you do a hip opener six times and we do a series of those and then we put cones on the track and then try to come up you know cones will be at different spaces so then we'll we'll work on our stride you know what i mean and we're working on we're doing a skips and b skips all these things that you'll see in the in my brand new 22 minute hardcore you know um and and then that goes on for 45 minutes to an hour and then we'll 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 sprint for maybe 15 20 minutes one guy had us out there, oh my God, he had us do 20 hundred meters with 20 seconds in between each. Oh, that's vomit worthy. That's sometimes, sometimes we're just running, maybe we'll just run six 150s with cones at different rate, uh, different paces six times. So we're doing six 150s six times at anywhere from 65 to 85% of your speed. And how do you determine that 65? I don't know, because everybody gets on the track and they want to beat everybody else, right? right. So. Uh, the few first few times they did that, there goes the hamstring because I'm competing with you know 
my guy to my left and my right. But what, what we'll do, what we do now is, we'll, one guy will go out, and when he hits the half point, halfway point, the other person goes out. So we're not, there's not anybody peripherally next to us where we feel like we're having, we're going beyond our 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 training percentage at 65 to 85 or whatever it is. And then, like at the end of the year, we'll have like time trials. We're actually, you know, we're putting we're putting on. Uh, Cleats, and we're trying to hump, man. We're, you know, we're doing hundreds and two hundreds and four hundreds, and um, you know, I mean, I'm the slowest guy out there because I'm the oldest guy out there. But, but I love that. I love that that fast twitch. You know what I mean? High speed stuff. And people my age don't do it, man. They just don't do it. And um, if you do it right and you train right, you do all those drills and all those stretches beforehand. You know, and you work with with people who know what they're doing. And you know to back off when you have to. I mean, I've gotten out there and gotten hurt. I'm not going to lie to you a couple of times. And I, I walked away limping thinking, oh, my ego killed me, you know. Um, and yesterday, yesterday's uh, 31-16, you know, when I got to about set 17, I went, oh, man. I mean, like a little nauseous and kind of that, you know, agita that comes up from picking. Because, you know, you got to do your 31. You got to do your 16. You can't do 14. can't do 28. Right, and I'm with a couple of other buddies, and one guy who's a pretty fit guy says, "All right, I'm going to do what you did." Didn't make it. Didn't make it. So I mocked him all the way from like set 17 to 24, and in the nicest possible way, of course. It. it uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So. No, that's really cool, and I, and I think there's something about running on on the earth that you just can't replicate on a treadmill. A treadmill is better than nothing. But, oh yeah, and that, and especially those tracks. It's got that kind of cushion, that foam cushion. Yeah. It's super grippy. You know, I mean, you, you're, not, you're not pounding the pavement as much, and um, you know, and that 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 helps too. That helps the joints. Yeah, let's talk about the evolution of Tony Horton's nutrition. You used to be a vegetarian, vegan, correct? Yes, sir. Where where are we at now? I mean, we. I'm. I eat food. <clears throat> and that way, my I have a wide variety. I eat, well, yeah. I mean, when I like the evolution was when I first started exercising, I ate burgers and hot dogs and drank craps loads of beer and and uh, you know I would get drunk on Fridays and Saturdays and you know I mean I was in my twenties, right? So uh, I was super insecure and you know I thought my my personality would. Uh, uh, was more interesting when I had a couple cocktails in me or a bunch of beers or something. And, uh, you know, like a lot of people who feel that that's important. Um, but then, you know, I started hanging out with some folks who said, hey, man, have you ever tried this or that or whatever? Or, you know, um, uh, and then I had a couple of bad bouts with some chicken. I got super crazy sick and um, major, major food poisoning at this health, health food restaurant that I loved. And, man, I'd eat there once and I was just, oh, for three days. And I, Whatever I recovered, and about a month later, I went back in there. I got sick again. I went, okay, I'm not. I, maybe I'm not a meat eater. And I was also dating a girl at the time who was a vegan vegetarian. I forget which, and she was really hot. And so I thought I'll just do what she does. And and uh, and it wasn't that much of a transition. But I wasn't a I wasn't a great vegan or vegetarian. I ate a lot of cookies and crackers and chips. You know, I mean, I wasn't eating kale and quinoa and 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 uh, you know, I was not 80 percent vegetables and stuff. I was just eating a bunch of other crap, avoiding meat, fish, and chicken, and shellfish, right? And then, I, you know, I met my wife, and I, and I would eat, everything was in a bowl, right? I just, like, I didn't even buy my spoon, my forks and knives, I never even used them. You know, it was just like everything, which I loved. You're like, you boom, and then there's all your vegetables, and all your kale, and your brown rice, and it's all, right? And it was uh, low maintenance, you know? And um, uh, and I met my wife, and she was, you know, she was making free-range bison, and and, and, and free-range chicken and grass-fed beef and buffalo and all these things. 
And, uh, and I, I remember having a piece of whatever, like a, a free range chicken breast from the local. I didn't know that stuff. I was buying, you know, I was eating food from McDonald's and Burger King and crap like that and, and uh, whatever I could afford. And, you know, this chicken was insane. I go, oh my God, you know, and I waited to get sick and I didn't. And so, so, you know, I eat a lot of paleo meals. I eat a lot of vegan meals, a lot of flexitarian, vegetarian, pescatarian, Italian, Indian, Mexican, boom, right? But I just looked out on my plate and I hope that my great, great, great grandparents recognize any of it. You know what I mean? And if they do, I'm probably going to be okay. Uh, I stay away from as much processed food as I can. Um, now, you know, if it comes from a bag, a bottle, a box, or, or a bag, <clears throat> it's suspect. You know what I mean? It's made in the factory. Uh, you know, but there are some protein powders that I do and some, some powdered greens and things that are, that are, you know, that are made in a, in a factory, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to get too crazy about that sort of thing. And I just eat a sal I eat salads all the time. I never eat any salads, you know, and I, I try to have vegetables at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, which I never used to do. And, uh, my fiber is way up. You know, I, I eat the right kinds of proteins, you know, it's fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, and healthy fats. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't eat a whole lot of bread anymore. I don't eat a whole lot of dairy anymore. I stopped drinking altogether. No more alcohol because, I mean, look at me. <laughs> I don't have much of a filter as it is, Anthony. And with a couple of cocktails in me, I might, you know, I go off. So, um, and I never had a problem with it that I, you know, I was never an alcoholic or anything. I just, I didn't really enjoy it. Like, I drank because everybody else did. And then I would feel like crap the next day. And I thought, why am I giving myself the morning flu? This is insane. Like, why don't I just develop my personality and my confidence enough so that I don't need a, a cocktail to fit in? That just seems like it's a shortcut to me. And so, you know, that's, that's what I did. And, uh, and, you know, you probably know this as well, but a lot of the science right now, and I don't see this anywhere published, but, but, Excess amounts of alcohol lower men's testosterone and raises their estrogen. So, first of all, you act like an idiot. You wake up with a headache. You've lowered your testosterone. So your performance is going to go down in more ways than one. So, what is this thing that we think is so awesome? It's just, it's crazy to me, man. I mean, it's if I have to get up the next morning and do the challenge, I, sh I sure as shit aren't. I'm not going to be drinking the night before. And so. Uh, and then the calories, and then also the fact that, that all that sugary alcohol is going to feed those, you know, cells that can turn into cancer. It just it seems like a, a lose, lose, lose option. And, uh, and so I just cut it out, man. I don't need it. And, and so that's just it. You know, I mean, I do all the right fried foods, forget it, soda pop, forget it. I drink, you know, uh, healthy, healthy shakes, water and tea. You know, I mean, I'm not I'm trying not to get get all my, my calories from beverages. It's just silly, you know? And so, so, but you know, you tell people this sort of thing and they go, yay, but they can't do it. It's the discipline thing. It's like oh, three, three to five times a day. There's a lesson, an awesome lesson on what direction you want to go in. And most people go in the wrong direction because it's the only pleasure they get throughout the course of the day. Family sucks, work sucks, traffic sucks, finances suck. Everything sucks. What rocks? Burger beers, anesthetize myself so I can get through the next hour and a half, you know? And that's because you don't have a purpose, man. I mean, you don't have something, what's your hobby? What's the thing that just, you know, rocks your world? My hobbies are all physical, right? So I'm automatically affecting the mental and emotional, right? And so when I add that extra equation of rock and food, then I don't know, you know, I mean, it just makes my life, it's weird being this fired up, this happy, this motivated, 
85% of the time. I mean, you know, the other 15% of the time I'm honoring because of whatever, you know, I mean, I woke up the next morning and there was not enough snow on the mountain or, or the traffic was crazy and I'm 15 minutes late to an appointment, you know, the usual things. I'm affected by those things as well. But I was 90% just sad and depressed and, and overwhelmed and, and mad and angry before, right? And then the two things I could fix, which was my food and my fitness, Everything changed, and that happens to almost anybody who tries. Yeah, yeah. You touched on it a little bit, and I think there's some some great nuggets of advice there. We, when when you see these before and after pictures, and the people are jacked in the after pictures, what's the difference in psychology between the people that keep that look for life and the people that get the picture and they're right back to being out of shape, tired, depressed a, a few months later? Um, a purpose to plan and some form of education about it all. You know what I mean? A lot of people just go into it with the hope that there's going to be some sort of aesthetic change at the end of the eight weeks or 90 days. And when they get it, they take their photograph, but they didn't really learn anything along the way. They didn't really understand. They, they weren't paying attention to what was actually happening while they were doing it. You know what I mean? And so, but any trigger will, will send them off in the other direction. What an argument with their wife or a pay cut at work or a car accident or their kid gets a tattoo on their forehead. I don't know. You know what I mean? There's any number of things that just kind of sp people spiral off. Um, but, but the person who has the plan, like I'm doing this thing on this day, no matter what, no get in my way. And I'm meeting with this person and this person. It's plyo at six. It's checking back at seven thirty. But, but, but this is my schedule. It's on the calendar. Don't F with it. You know what I mean? That boom and purpose. Yeah, their purpose is not it's not the ego thing anymore. It's purely a clear understanding and belief in the fact that if I move today, my life is better today, and my future is a whole lot brighter. Like that is so ingrained. So like I have to drink water, I have to sleep at night, I have to breathe air. Okay, that they know that that is the foundation to the house. You know what I mean? And and. Uh, and there are even people who know that, but it's just not, it's just, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's their DNA. It's where they live. It's their culture. It's their shitty friends. It's their, it's their workload. It's their inability to deal with stress. It's the fact that they're only getting six hours of sleep at night. It's a, they're dehydrated. You know what I mean? Uh, they're, they're, they're pathological liars. You know what I mean? I mean, they're just a whole lot of people that have a whole lot of problems. And with all the information in the world, they're screwed. You know, you know what I mean? You know, I mean, there's 5% unemployment, but there's a whole lot of companies looking for people to go to work. They don't want to learn on how to get the gig. You know what I mean? So they're just going to sit around and, what was me? You know what I mean? So, I mean, I was a mime at the pier, and now I'm this guy because I ate right and exercised. You know, and I read a couple of self-help books. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, if I can do it, dude. <laughs> what, what book have you gifted more than any other? Uh, uh, Keith Ellis's The Magic Lamp comes up a lot because that helped me figure out what I wanted to do in life. You know what I mean? That book is such a simple little book. And there was a lesson in that book that changed my life forever. So I talk about that one a lot. Um, there was a period where, where uh, John Rady's book Spark right now is probably the one that I've been, I've been telling everybody about forever because that book helped me understand that when I exercise today, I release norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, something forms in my hippocampus called dent, in my dentate gyrus called brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And when you cut, you know, it's like, you know, I don't, I don't have a science degree, but when you understand that, that proteins and molecules 
vibrate and make love inside this little part of your brain that explodes so that you can think better, remember more, be happier, be more productive, be more relaxed, be, be less freaked out, you know what I mean? And really feel like you have, right? So I, those things were happening before I knew about it. I just thought it was luck. You know, I just thought, well, maybe the temperature's right today, or I had a good breakfast, or I didn't have a fight with my girlfriend. Maybe that's the reason why I'm in a good mood. No, I was in a good mood because I ate really well for a bunch of days, and I worked out seven days in a row. But, I, but when you read the book, you go, aha, you know what I mean? And so before the book, I was reading out, some, I was working out sometimes seven, eight days in a row, and then I would take three or four days off, and then I worked two days in a row, take three days off, then one day in a row, it just became this sporadic thing. I was preaching that, you know, you got to work out all the time, but I wasn't necessarily doing it. And and uh, couldn't figure out why I was so moody, Anthony. I was having exercise bipolar disorder, you know what I mean? And, and uh, that's the reason why, I, because that book speaks directly to your question, why do some people get it, hold on to it, as a lifestyle forever and some just take that after picture and they fall right off the off the wagon again it's because with that kind of information you know it's almost like saying wow if i if i you know not knowing the difference between simple things in life you know the simple things that we automatically do putting on our seat belt not driving 150 miles an hour with our eyes closed you know what i mean these are things that we automatically do to survive on this earth that information in that book is as critical for me and the other people who have read it who have said, oh, okay, I can't, I can't screw around with this thing. I like being happy. I like being joyful. I like having good memory. I like being productive. These are things that make me an awesome, happy human being. I better work out and eat good. And that's what the book talks about. So I'm excited to check out both of those. I haven't read The Magic Lamp or, uh, or Spark, so thank you. I just, for- you, know, you might not even need The Magic Lamp because you're already kind of wired. I, I read The Magic Lamp when I was at... at, at you know, at the end of my rope, you know, I mean, the book basically said, you know, there was a lesson in the book that said, if you could uh, have any career in the world, just like snap your fingers, what are the top 20? All right. Uh, just write them down. Like, okay, movie star, you know, America's number one comedian, uh, fitness, fitness um, clubs all across America. You, you know what I mean? Uh, the richest man in the world. You just wrote down the craziest crap. And the other list was, if you were willing to work your ass off for it, I mean, you had all the energy and the power, what would that list look like? And a lot of the, there was a lot of overlap. And then he would, he would force you to decide to pick. And it became like America's TV fitness guy. Duh, happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so that was weird. Um, also in the book, there was a, less, a lot of lessons, you know, like go out of your way and do something extraordinary with somebody you're in conflict with. Just forget, just somebody that you think they hate you and you hate them, but go ahead and be nice to them. I did that to a guy uh, named Ben Vandenbont, and a year later, who I didn't like at all, the guy was just a, this arrogant guy, and he thought I was arrogant, and then we ended up being friends. And a year later, he introduced me to Carl Dykler, the CEO of Beachbody. All right? wow. So we build these walls. Uh, building walls, like creating separation. I don't like you because you're Christian. I don't like you because you're Muslim. I don't like you because you're black. I don't like you because you get a tattoo. I don't like, you know what I mean? We do all these things, all right? And that means our, that means everything goes like this and your opportunities become Zippo, right? And, and because you got these opinions about stuff because your parents told you this crap, you know what I mean? Or your religion told you this crap or your culture told you this crap and you just put yourself in a box and that book just tells you get out of the box and go say hello. 
and go participate and go do things and go get uncomfortable and and don't be attached to the outcome right and i love it that's that's how it should be that's awesome do you meditate not enough very rarely i nap <laughs> which is not meditation and and um i haven't needed it lately you know what i mean I haven't needed it. There were points in my life where I did. I had a little bench in my backyard at my old house when things got kind of crazy. And I would sit up there for five or ten minutes. I mean, I wouldn't call it a major meditation. And I would sometimes, because the view was pretty cool. I had the San Gabriel Mountains and the Hollywood sign and part of the city. And I would either, I would either go up there, just sit there with a stopwatch because I was, you know, anal about it. Or no stopwatch or stopwatch and a piece of paper and a pen because I would, you know, just close my eyes and, you know, maybe do a little lotus thing or, you know, some days I close the eyes because it was that way. But sometimes the view is so beautiful, it felt like, well, this is, I don't need to close my eyes because this has helped me relax. And then I would take my pad and I'd write down all the ideas that came from it. Just being quiet. Like, I, I'm pretty good at just being quiet. And meditation, you know, there's 50,000 forms of med meditation, right? You can do your ohms or you can do Nami Arangi Kyo or you can do whatever kind of a mantra that you want to repeat or you can just... Just deep breathe, and when a thought comes in, you can kind of you know burst the bubble and try to clear out your mind. That well, that process always seemed to be too chaotic for me in my head. So so just not judging what was happening while you're being quiet in the middle of the day while not taking a nap. But uh, yoga is my form of of, uh, of meditation, a physical, it's a physical, mental, and emotional meditation yoga for me. You know, what I mean, just being in these uncomfortable asanas, you know, me forever. Well, maintain a bit of a smile, you know what I mean? Going, oh, I'm in incredible pain right now, but that's all right, you know what I mean? So um, I haven't needed it, to be perfectly honest, in a traditional sense. How, how often do you do yoga now? Once a week, every Saturday, either 9 a.m. or 4 p.m., depending on the instructor and where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, and it's not enough. You know, Scott Pfeiffer, who's in P90X, he and I keep threatening to do yoga every day for 30 days, just to kind of see what happens. Um, but I've been doing foam rolling and physical therapy uh, as a form of kind of making sure, you know, knock on wood, shoulders good, back is good, knees are good, feet are good right now. I mean, probably change after tomorrow's workout. But, but um, yeah, yoga is, is, of all the programs in P90X or X2 or X3, it was the one that was most ignored. It was the one that was most difficult for a lot of people, mostly men. You know, men, most, a lot of men, alpha males, can't be still and, and be in pain at the same time. It's just such a mmm, but that's why it's perfect. You know, I mean, you have, a, you have a balance component, you have a strength component, you have a flexibility component. You don't get that with a lot of other, you don't get that with cardio, you don't get that with bench pressing, you don't get that with track works workout. You get this really, and you also get to learn how to be present while being uncomfortable, which is sort of a nice lesson for everything else in life. You know, I mean, you know, dealing with people and being patient, being good listener, and and not you know overreacting in situations. I mean, that's that's the beautiful lesson of yoga. You don't get that with other kinds of fitness. You know, you just don't. I mean, the other kinds of fitness are obvious, right? You get the you know the heart, lungs, leg stuff. You get the working on your organs and your tendons and your muscles and your and your strength and your power and you know and longevity. Those are all other aspects of, and you get all that too. Well, not all that, but you get a lot of that from yoga as well. So. So, yeah, when, I'm, when I finish yoga class, that feeling is different than anything else I do. Usually, after the track workout or, or like the routine I'm doing today is called boxes and balls. It's all plyo boxes and stability work, and it's all rib cage down, you know what I mean? 
And I usually feel like I've been on a car wreck after that thing, you know, but after yoga, it reminds me of the sixties, bro. And without the brain mush and without the lung smoke, you know what I mean? It just, I really feel completely like everything is awesome in the world after a really great yoga class. I feel that way too. Hot yoga, especially, and um, and recently the Wim Hof breathing. Have you tried that at all? Mm, mm, mm. I think you. I think you'd enjoy it. It's it's a similar feeling where you almost feel like you're on a controlled substance, but it's just it's just hyper, the- hy- uh, sort of. He's it, it's it's hyper oxygenation, deep breathing, and then retention of breath. Um, Oh. And it, it's it's pretty cool. He's got twenty plus Guinness World Records. He's he's uh, he's known as the Ice Man for the amount of time he's spent buried in ice and, and all sorts of crazy stuff. But his course is his course is pretty cool. You'll get a kick out of this. Um, back in the day, I got really sick, and the only type of workout I could do was yoga. And the only yoga I did were your DVDs. What? And and it was just the different one on ones and the different P ninety Xs. Because I was too sick to do anything else, I couldn't do the insanities or or even right. like the the right. explosive weight training that's that's pretty challenging to the CNS. Um, and I started doing yoga, and and I hated it at first, and then I started tolerating it, and then I started enjoying it, and I started loving it. I became addicted, and um, it, it got to the point where I walked into David Barton Gym and I told him I wanted to meet more girls. Largely, that was that was a big part of the motivation, and I knew that a lot of girls took yoga classes. So I walked into David Barton Gym after just doing your DVDs hundreds of times, and uh, and I, I told them I wanted to be a yoga instructor. And they asked if I had yoga experience, and I said sure. So they put me into a class and they tested me, and all I did was just basically regurgitate your routines at first. I had no idea what I was doing, and they hired me. And I taught yoga for two years at David Barton Gym. Wow! <laughs> well, I brought so many people who've never been to a yoga class in their life who've been through X X two and X three yoga classes, you know, and they would come in and go, oh, I've never taken a class. And I said, I think you're going to be okay, you know, and so, and they would tell that to the instructor, whether it be Ish Moran or, or my buddy Ted McDonald or something, and and they'd look at him and go, what are you talking about, dude? That's like, you're, you're, everything is, you killed it, you know, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever, I, I just stole from somebody else, you know what I mean, and, and uh, I think the reason why I've been successful, uh, too, is because I'm, I'm pretty... My dog is flying around back there. It's because I'm pretty good at um, cueing, you know, because I understand the process of learning because I was a kid who didn't learn well. And, you know, I just blamed it on the fact that I was stupid when in reality a lot of my teachers didn't know how to deal with a kid like me. I probably had ADD or ADHD or LMNOP or UCLA. I don't know what I had. I had had USMC. I had everything. I had all the letters of the alphabet. Um, I was hyperactive, that's for sure. And I had a very... I had a terrible attention span. Um, but, so I understand, I understand that. When I look at a lot of people and I see they have two left feet or, you know, they're watching the DVD and they're doing something completely differently, I, I know how to go, hold on. Do you know where your face is? All right, bring your hands up to your eyes. Okay, or whatever. Rotate that. You know, I mean, I love breaking it down to people and I love to see them improve. Um, and so that's probably the reason why you, you did pretty well there. You know, I, you look at the at my DVD. And, and, and a lot of people... We look at the same DVDs, but then you know you're athletic and you're you're very smart guy and you can break things down. That's obvious. Um, so it was easy for you to do. But but uh, for me, the challenge is you know somebody who's just clueless and to see them transform. That's 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 one of the best parts of my job. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I want to. I mean, this is amazing. I'm having a blast. I want to be respectful of your time too. If you're if you're up for it, maybe a quick rapid fire round, and then you can tell us about what Tony Horton's <laughs> working on. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, rapid fire round. How many hours of sleep does Tony Horton get per night? Ideally, eight. Often, six and a half, seven. If you could have a billboard anywhere in the world, where would it be? What would it say? Um, it would be uh, Times Square, obviously, and it would say. Uh, uh, America's fitness trainer. Just a big old picture of me. <laughs> awesome. You're on a, you're on a website a, underneath there. Yeah. <laughs> driving traffic to the website. You're on a deserted Island. You can bring one album with you. What do you bring? Led Zeppelin two. Awesome. Um, or the it, best of cream. <laughs> I can't decide. Oh, that's a great one too. Um, favorite purchase under a hundred dollars. Oh, just a rocking, super healthy, fantastic meal. You know what I mean? I can get $100, $100, just something where it's just, you know what I mean? Just some clean fish, tons of or, or chicken or um, elk medallions uh, at, at, uh, at Coral in Jackson Hole Square with uh, two side vegetables. <clears throat> that's, that's perfect. That sounds amazing. If you could sing one song on American Idol, what would it be? Come on, flat top, he come grooving up slowly. He got choo choo eyeballs. He want holy roller. He got hair down to his knee. Got to be anyway. <laughs> awesome. What What are you willing to die for? My wife, my wife, my lovely wife. Absolutely, anything she wants. I would, I would lose my life so that she could have a great one, for sure. A lot of people talk about mo' money, mo' problems. If there was one thing that you could erase that has come with fame, what would it be? <laughs> well, the workload. <laughs> the workload. I don't mind the fame thing. I mean, fame is certainly lame. There's no question about it. It's the least great thing about success. A lot of people strive for that part because they want people to tell them how great they are. And, and – uh, but just, just the, I think the travel, the travel for me, you know what I mean, in airplanes, back and forth across the country all the time. I'd love to eliminate that somehow, but can't do it. Where's, where's your favorite place in the world besides home? Oh, boy, dude. Uh, I, can't, I don't have a favorite. Jackson Hole, Wyoming is certainly my, my oasis. We have a place there, and I, I, go to, I get off the plane in Jackson Hole, and everything just – just chills out. Uh, Tokyo was pretty cool. Uh, Tokyo was a mind blow to me. I, I, I could live there easy. Or Florence, Italy. Rocks. Florence is just stupid. You know, those would be my, right now, my top three. Last two questions. What historical figure do you most identify with? Oh, it's probably Jack LaLanne. I mean, everybody makes that comparison. I, I Physically, I'm not even one-tenth of what Jack LaLanne was. But what he, what he did, I mean, I'm carrying that torch, right? So he's the first one to introduce exercise on TV, and I've had a certain amount of success with that as well. I'm actually receiving uh, Idea. I don't know if you ever go to Idea, that, that annual thing. I think it's in L.A. or San Diego. No. You should, you should be at Idea. Yeah. Dude, great. We should hang out and work out. But, I would love um, to. I'm receiving the Jack LaLanne Award at Idea. So. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. You know, and, and uh, um, Elaine, Elaine. Jack's husband is is presenting the award this year to me. So, uh, uh, she, yeah, and you know, she I ran to her at Idea like three years ago when I was a big fan of his, and she had a little booth there, and 
And I went in and I said hello to her and I just said, you know, I was such a big fan of Jackson. And she said, Jack was such a big fan of you. And I went, what? And I almost started balling. I almost started balling. I mean, I did ball, but I don't want to admit it, but I did. And uh, I, I just thought I would have seen that he knew who I was. He, because she said, he loved the way you delivered the message. Because he was very charismatic and he was, uh, you know, he was so enthusiastic about it. And uh, he was so authentic about it. And, and I, you know, I try to do it in a, in a you know, 21st century way. Tony, this, is, this has been amazing. What, you just came out with a 22 hardcore workout. You've got two books, Bring It and, um, and The Big Picture. What, what else are you working on right now? What are you really passionate about? Well, I appreciate you. It's time for the plugs, boys and girls, so you can tune in or tune out. Um, 22-Minute Hardcore is a boot camp-style workout. It's eight weeks with, a, with an optional ninth-week hell week, but why would you not, right? And um, it's back to basic stuff. You know, it's, it's the 22 minutes are relentless, relentless. Uh, we've had several test groups go through it. We're on our fourth or fifth one. The results are off the chain. It, it's based on the fact that, you know, we want to support the troops, but that's not enough, really. We really ought to maybe get down and dirty and see what it's like to go through a boot camp. It's not the exact boot camp that any particular branch goes through. It's one that I created that sort of fits for the general public, right? But there's burpees in there, and there's push-ups and pull-ups in there, and there's crunches and sit-ups in there. But there's some, also some unique moves that that involve a lot of muscle recruitment so people can get a lot done in a short period of time. It's about sequencing, right? It's like, well, how do you lay one workout, one move on top of another so people can kind of keep going so they don't burn out or overtrain some particular body parts? So that's something that I'm kind of good at. So, um, and you know, there's three cardio, there's three resistance, there's two core, and then there's a special ops and sandbag the whole nine yards. So uh, it's, it's the biggest thing I've done since P90X. And the numbers are, people love it. And a lot of obese people love it. And they're sticking with it, which is, to watch the test groups, you go, wow, man, they're still in the game and they're getting results. Because it's sort of, I'm the modifier, right? So I go, if you can't do this version, do this one or do this one, right? So I give people three options typically. So that's fun. It's going great. We're excited, you know, because X2 did okay. P9, X3 did better than X2, but this is one, this one's like up here. Um, and then the big picture, it's had a nice run. You know, it's a personal development book. You know what I mean? We talk about exercise and diet a little bit in the thing, but it, it goes back to that question, like, how do you figure this stuff out? How do you stick with it? And how does it become who you are? And the 11 laws are things that I had to, that I figured out for myself, a purpose, a plan, accountability, reality, you know what I mean? Do your best to forget the rest. These are all chapters of the book that explain, and it's, it's, it's personal development one-on-one, one-on-one, you know what I mean? It's just the... The stuff where you read it and go, oh, well, I, I knew that. I knew that. Well, okay, now it's time to figure out ways to. You're, where are you going on a walk right now? <laughs> I don't want the computer hey. to die. <laughs> I just got uh, the warning from the computer that it made that. That it made that. All right, so, good. I'm plugged very in. Very smooth, man. Very smooth. <laughs> and so well, I love that. And then of course the, the Bring It was my my first book. There was a there was an audio book called Crush It, which is a uh, a video book. You can get all, get all of them on Amazon. So that's really great. But the thing I'm really excited about now is, is a venture outside of Beachbody. The books were outside of Beachbody. Uh, and that's my brand new uh, TH Care, hair care and body care stuff. So um, one is a hair and body wash and the other one is a, f a face and body lotion. And um, I went to my friend Patrick Dockery and he's had a business and he's been in this industry for years, dozens of years. And he was a fan and lost some weight, and I was, on his, I was on the cover of his magazine, and I was in his TV show, and, and he's been sending me boxes of his stuff for years, and I said, well, why don't we make a Tony Horton version, you know, kind of a unisex version, you know, mix science with nature, 
And we, we've had a great launch with it. It's doing really well. People are really fired up about it. Uh, if you'd like to get some, um, you can go to uh, TonyHortonLife.com slash THCare. That's TonyHortonLife.com slash THCare. And, uh, you know, I mean, even though I love my relationship with Beachbody, uh, you know, I mean, like anybody else, you want to expand, you want to grow, you want to try some other things. And, and that's kind of where I am. I'm working on a clothing line as well. It's sort of early stages. Uh, you know, just T-shirts to start, like the Tony Horton Fitness, Tony Horton Life logos. With uh, On the back of one, it says, do your best to forget the rest, obviously. And the other one, the fitness one, says uh, indoor training for the outside world. And that's what it's all about. That's what I try to do. It's like, okay, you're working out in the house and you're looking great. Now go mountain bike, go ski, go rock climb, go adventure race, go do a Spartan race. Time to use this body to go do something so you can have an experience with like-minded people. So that becomes the motivator for a lot of people. That's your purpose now. It's not, all right, I'm just going to take a picture after 90 days. Now I'm in these races. Now I'm doing these, you know, these athletic things. I'm hanging out with cool people. Now this is, it's a motivator that keeps you in the game long-term till your dying day. Yeah. And, and what, so for the, for the Tony Horton Caroline, what differentiates it from the other stuff that's out there? What, what need were you trying to meet? Um, who's it for? Well, you know, uh, here in uh, here in California, there was a law, um, Prop 65, I believe it was. Um, so if you want to manufacture any kind of cosmetic products here in the state of California, there's all these restrictions, right? Which is good, right? We don't want to cause cancer, and we don't want to screw up the environment. Like, you know, even our manufacturing facility, you it, it, it's shampoo. So we can't, we're not even allowed to let that stuff go, as we're developing, allowed to let it go down the drain. It has to be stored in tanks. Even though the, when you use it, it goes down your drain. But, you know, that's just California. So, And we also want to make sure that the pH balance was right because a lot of products, have the pH balance isn't even a factor. It's too much about the scent or how much it lathers, that kind of thing. So it should be between 4.5 and 5.5. That's the natural pH of, of your skin. So when you use it, you go, oh, my skin isn't dry and crackly. My hair, I don't have any right now because I cut it all off. But my hair isn't all dry and gross, you know what I mean? And so... You know, and we spent about a year kind of coming up with the right scent because it's a unisex, right? So it can't smell too much like a dude and too much like a girl. It's just got to have this. Like, a lot of the response has been, oddly enough, it smells like summer. So that's good. Like that's summer. Like, what does summer smell like? But, but like, the other day we're working out and we're doing these little sprint moves and my buddy's behind me. And he's, he's yelling behind me. goes, dude, you smell amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? It's Tony Horton Care. He goes, oh, wow. And I said, I gave you some. He goes, oh, I got to start using it, you know. So people see, both men and women seem to like the scent. But, you know, one size doesn't fit all. Some people aren't going to like it. But we wanted to make sure there's enough science in it, too. You know what I mean? There's ingredients in there that are, you know, across the board, the right kind of stuff that works with your skin and works with your hair. Because these are hair and skin combo products. It's not like a shampoo for your hair and a face wash for your face and something differently. We just want it's all about convenience. Like there's two bottles and and uh, you put them in your bag and you go and you can just do you can moisturize and, and clean the whole thing. It sounds and great for travel too. Before, we're gonna we're working on hair gels and shaving cream and those things. But we gotta make sure these two things sell and people like them and they work. Um, and, and that's really fun. Uh, other than that, it's just a lot of live events. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna be at the Omega Institute in upstate New York, so if anybody's watching it's, it's my fourth year up there. It's such an awesome thing. It maxes out at 100 people, and I've done events with 20, 30, 40,000 people. And, and so it's just 100 of us, man, and it's out in the middle of the woods. And, um, you know, go to Tony Horton Life and, and look for it there, TonyHortonLife.com. I think there's like maybe 10 
It's in June, and I think there's 10 seats available, and we do meditations. There's a three-part meditation, because you asked me about meditation. It's my favorite 15-minute meditation, uh, meditation broke up in, into three parts, five minutes each, and you come out of there, man. Wham. And, of course, we'll do yoga, and we'll do regular workouts. We're going to do some 22 minute hardcore, but there's three seminars to address that very question. How do you lock this lifestyle in for the rest of your life? And the feedback's always been... You know, I, we always get notes and letters and emails that say, I came in confused, I left with everything I needed to know, and my life has changed completely. So I just pat myself on the back about that, you know. And um, so that's a great event. I'm looking forward to that. And, um, and I'm going to be at um, San Antonio uh, Joint Military Base next month. That's a, that's a military thing. But I love that. I mean, I've been going to the military bases you know, since the DOD, the Department of Defense, you know, knocked on my door and said, hey, you want to go to Italy? You want to go to uh, Kosovo, you know, out in the middle of nowhere? You want to go to Japan? You want to go to Tokyo? And they're just, just it's just amazing experiences, man. And uh, so I'm going to be doing that too. So, you know, the beat goes on. Just try to stay busy. Tony, you're, you're an amazing man. I am so grateful to have spent this time with you. And, uh, and I've had a lot of fun. This has been great. And I thank you for your time. You've been very generous with it. I've had a lot of fun. Oh, Anthony, well, you're, you're, you know what? I love having interviews from guys who are really smart dudes. <laughs> and this book is, and I, I, was, I was showing my friends about, about sunshine, your whole thing on sunshine and light. You know what I mean? And I'm going to get one of those uh, infrared saunas. I'm going to get one because you yo, right? And so uh, it's just, this is just great, great, great stuff. I mean, your whole thing on sleep, again, reminds me that I, I need more of it, man. But um, sleep, God, it's so critical, so good. But uh, I thank you, and I, I, I appreciate this. And, uh, and I had a pretty light day today, so I had plenty of time to chat and answer all your questions. Glad to do it. You're, you're amazing, Tony. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by the Wim Hof Method. I've interviewed many health experts over the years, and so many of these people who are at the top of their game, world-class in their respective fields, were utilizing this technology that I just had to check it out, and I was absolutely blown away. The Wim Hof Method utilizes a combination of breath work, cold thermogenesis, inversions, exercise, exercise without oxygen, and a number of other ancient techniques to increase neurotransmitter production, improve oxygen utilization, increased circulation, and a whole host of other health benefits. I've used it with many of my clients, and the results have been phenomenal. I have clients that are addicted to it. They say it's better than anything they've tried, whether that's legal, illegal, natural, prescription, um, and it's it's just unmatched in its ability to produce powerful results. So I incorporate strategies from the Wim Hof Method into my weekly routine without fail, and it has been a game changer for me. And in terms of ROI, there are few biohacks that produce such powerful results with such a minimal investment. You can learn more about the Wim Hof Method and their 10-week video course at biohackingsecrets.com forward slash Wim Hof. That's W-I-M-H-O-F. So to learn more, just go to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash Wim 
Hoth. Today's episode is brought to you by the New Calm. The New Calm is a clinical system designed to help your mind and body relax naturally within minutes. Designed by neuroscientist Dr. Blake Holloway as a way to treat patients with post-traumatic stress disorder, New Calm works by using biochemistry, physics, and neurophysiology to rapidly and reliably relax brain and body functions. So there are no side effects and there is no recuperative time or supervision needed. The entire system is based around four key components that work in synergy to bring you into a deep state of calm. It only takes a few minutes to administer these steps and you'll begin to feel relaxed almost immediately. Step one involves topical cream or chews that are neuromodulators and help to increase levels of relaxing, calming neurotransmitters in the body. Step number two are microcurrent stimulation patches, which are placed behind the ear and have been shown to help facilitate the relaxation response and increase uptake of the cream and supplements by the frontal cortex. Step three are headphones. These are noise softening headphones playing relaxing music that can help bring your brain wave pace to pre-sleep stages. It utilizes frequency following response or audio entrainment. Many of you may be familiar with binaural beats, all similar technologies, but this is next level stuff. And step number four is the eye mask, a light blocking eye mask that helps the patient or the end user to avoid visual stimulation and maintain their relaxed state. I've used the new calm for months and had incredible results. Patients have come to me experiencing panic disorders, anxiety attacks, and everything in between, and we're able to bring them back to a calm, relaxed, focused state almost instantly. It's pretty miraculous and impressive technology. So if you're interested, I highly recommend checking out the new calm. You can go to newcalm.com. That's N-U-C-A-L-M.com to learn more.